3: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: So, okay. I'm trying I to nail this down. Um, what's going on? Joe joined us. He's back on the show having had surgery last week. Thrilled to be back. What is old? They surveyed a bunch of different people, different ages, different generations of what old is. They have different answers, obviously, as that changes in your mind as you get older. Uh, but it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. We'll get that a little bit later. Got some Christmas stuff for you. Some end of the year lists. Is this the the last week of the Ooh, Armstrong? I love its ranking art. Those are my favorite end of the year lists. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some lists. There were, there were. I can't even <laughs> imagine who those are for. Um. New York Times with some list about uh, top 10 choreography presentations of the year or something. Oh, I can't wait for that one. (laughs) Number 11, even try. (laughs) But so one of the stories that uh, I've been trying to figure out. This guy, Michael Flynn, who Trump brought into his cabinet uh, when he was elected. General, don't you know? Three stars. General always seemed a little wacky to me when he was on uh cable news shows doing interviews. Colorful guy. Colorful yeah. guy and mm-hmm. uh and and willing to go pretty far with what he was saying, and he led the locker-up chance at a lot of rallies and stuff like that. So I mean he was you know so did we. <laughs> so did we. Um But then he's uh he get he gets nailed by the FBI for lying and uh looks like he's going to jail and that whole thing. And now we're learning more about how that all went down, the questioning. The Wall Street Journal editorial board had on Friday, and the Wall Street Journal, they're not in the pocket of Trump, I'll tell you that. I don't know if you read the Wall Street Journal. Uh, They've been pretty anti-Trump a lot from the very beginning. Undeniable. Uh, They went with the headline, The Flynn Entrapment. A court filing shows the ugly tactics
0: employed by James Comey's FBI. Um, And uh, and Comey's right at the center of this, too, and it's it's despicable. As we've mentioned before, uh, old uh, Andy McCabe, called uh general flynn on something else different business you know they're talking about whatever oh an fbi training session said so yeah anyway i think it'll be really uh really relevant for both you and the agents involved and we can't wait to get that going oh hey hey by the way michael as long as i got you on the line uh, we got to clear up the thing about uh about sisley can we sw- swing by or do you want to swing by whatever peter struck's going to come by actually Right, and uh, Flynn said, "I oh, should I have a lawyer or whatever?" And McCabe put on a sales pitch, like he, you know, it was almost as if he was, uh, you know, trying to convince him of, uh, "No, I, I, we're friends, we're buddies." He said, "No, oh my God, you get the lawyers involved? This crazy. We just let's relax and chat." And knowing intentionally uh, setting it up that way because they were going to go after him. Well, let's
4: listen to Trey Gotti explain how it went down okay, in his great. mind, and then we can uh, discuss now. He was just asked on uh, Fox News over the weekend, Trey Gowdy, of
1: um, how this was handled. A stunning departure from the way they handled um, another investigation uh, called mid-year examination. Uh, With Secretary Clinton, they had multiple lawyers who were also fact witnesses in the room. There There are allegations that they supplied the questions to witnesses ahead of time. Um, And there's the clear insinuation that certain witnesses did misrepresent material facts to the investigators, but no one was charged with making a false statement. If you look at the Russia investigation, Flynn, Papadopoulos, Cohen, I mean, I'm not minimizing lying to the FBI. I mean, I prosecuted people for it, too. But um, if that's all you have, it's serious, but it suggests that there's no other larger crime. No one in the Clinton investigation was prosecuted for making false statements. And I just named three for him to be told you don't need a lawyer present and for them to allow her to have fact witnesses who were lawyers present um, is a stunning dichotomy that does not reflect well on the Department of Justice.
4: I would like to hear that explained by somebody. Also, we don't have the clip of James Comey, but he did a little interview over the weekend in front of a friendly crowd when he was asked about sending those FBI agents over because he was involved in some of the questioning Um. Uh. uh, Early on, and all this, and he uh, bragged to the crowd, and the crowd cheered him. He said, "I wouldn't have done this in other administrations because it's not the way you're supposed to do things." But I thought the Trump administration so disorganized they won't even notice that I'm doing this. So I just sent the agents over to the White House, and everybody cheered, woo, that he went around normal protocol and tried to trick people. I guess that's something to cheer.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's the way I took it too. It's uh, it's pretty extraordinary. And then you get to the nature of the uh, the alleged uh, you know uh, inaccurate statements the uh, dishonest statements that Flynn made and that's where I get really, really mystified. Yeah, there's no doubt that Flynn said, you know, he lied to Pence. He he lied about things you don't, it's hard to explain why he lied about them. So, yeah. It's... Especially because he made that aside to McCabe saying, well, I'm sure you guys know what I said. Right, yeah, yeah. There is <laughs> referencing the fact that national security is listening in to contacts with uh, the Ruskies. Yeah, the, trans- the, the the transcripts of all this have come out. That's why
4: we're talking about it. And Flynn actually said, well, I know you guys were listening to my phone calls with the Russians. So so then why did he deny some things that he
0: knows they heard? It's 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 hard to figure out. That's where I get confused. Right. And why did he deny it to Pence, Um, which is a separate question from why did he say stuff that the FBI could later uh, prosecute him for? Uh, Would I this I be the correct interpretation from what Trey Gowdy was saying? Look, Flynn
4: lied to the FBI. You can't do that. Um, that's illegal. That's a problem. But the way the FBI went about this is not what we want.
0: Yes. I, I think that's a great statement of principle. And I think it's a, a principle people on the left and right ought to embrace. Of course, they won't, but, <clears throat> cause we're just so whipped up our side, your side. But, and I talked about this before I went on my extended medical vacation. The idea give me the man I'll get you the crime is an old technique of of dictators and totalitarian regimes especially in you know our legal system where you got a zillion crimes and rules and regulations and everybody probably commits a felony a day without knowing it if you especially if you get a guy well anybody picture yourself my friends I'll picture and, myself good what am I um, wearing okay uh, I'll picture that a frilly blouse and and a very tight skirt sometimes very short. Like uh, anyway, I almost said something incredibly in, uh, unfortunate. That's there. all right. Um, so you have several very clever FBI agents who have done days, weeks, months of research on you and your life, and your business dealings, and your taxes, and conversation, uh, you know, threads and emails and the rest of it. They go in with the sole purpose of finding you m- lying or making a mistake or not remembering something accurately. They set up trap after trap after trap. They would get every one of us. They would get you. They would get me. They would get everybody listening if they were good at their jobs. And these people are smart people. And I'm not saying uh, Flynn is is absolutely as, as pure as the driven snow. Because I don't know. And again, I'm mystified about why he said what he said in some cases. But. The part that bothers me is that they were so obviously intent on getting this guy, even though there was really no underlying crime. You can talk to old fat Sisleyak, the ambassador, as much as you want. If you're part of a transition team, you probably ought to. Um, but the fact that they went in specifically to get him, even though there was no underlying crime, it just absolutely stinks of bring me the man, I'll give you the crime. I
4: cannot handle James Comey. We really ought to get the clip of that uh, and play it for you later. He is so freaking pompous and and and, and he re- he honestly believes I know what's best. Sometimes you know following the rules is best. Sometimes not following the rules is best. The guidelines that other pe- people have put in place, but I know in any given situation what the best thing to do is. He's is so in love with his own judgment, and right. and the world, left and right, has disagreed
0: with him at many turns. Yeah, but it's funny, as soon as he switches to the other side, though, the the side that he's now on embraces him yeah. and gives him yeah. such warm, cuddly hugs and wet kisses. Yeah, I think he, he, he how can he not be humbled at this point? Of course, oh boy, you know, he's a long way from it. Right, right, yeah, but he's, right. Well, he's got a, whatever the hubris, he has got a mountain of hubris.
2: Are you old,
4: among other things we can talk about coming up? Because it depends on who you ask. Scientists have
0: been trying to figure this out for a long time. What old is? And speaking hum- of being humbled, I've, the whole experience of uh, surgery and recovery and the rest of it, I could talk about that a little bit more. Anybody okay. who's gone through it, I think, knows what I mean. You should definitely... It gives you an enormous sense of gratitude for certain things.
4: You should definitely get into the whole painkiller thing, since that was a focus of 60 Minutes last night, and that might be coming to a head. America's opioid problem. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation,
3: because you had to be a big.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: If we try the Ohio case, if we win a verdict against these manufacturers and distributors there, it could bankrupt them. They put them True. out of business. So, these are huge, profitable, huge, welfare companies. You know, uh, they can be as profitable as they want to, but... Uh, Ohio is losing four or five billion dollars a year from the opioid epidemic and they're losing five or six thousand people a year from overdose deaths. So when a jury hears the evidence in this case, they're not going to award just a couple hundred million dollars. It may be a hundred billion dollars. And whoever amongst these companies thinks they can stand up to that.
4: Sixty minutes focusing on the opioid epidemic last night and how that might be coming to a, a critical juncture. As uh, lawyers are lining up to figure out who's to blame for all these people dying. And maybe we can talk about that more later. It's complicated. I have a feeling I wouldn't like that guy if I got to know him, that lawyer, because there's a lot of money involved. <laughs> there's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt it's yeah. all just about the, uh, you know, what's what's
0: what's right in the world. But Yeah, uh, on the other hand, you know, sometimes people do the right sure. thing for not even the wrong reasons. Maybe not the purest of reasons, but, you know. It's the
4: system we got. Yeah, yeah. But we can discuss that at length later and play some more clips because it's kind of interesting, and something needs to be done because it's out of control. So I mentioned this several times. What is old? A big study, multi-year study on aging has just come out. guy who wrote it said someone who is 60 today is middle-aged, which wouldn't have been the case years ago. This Dr. Sherbob says for Americans,
0: um, you want to go bowling? Sherbob. His, (laughs) his, <laughs> his, you want to have a couple of beers afterward?
4: Mm, sure, Bob. His, his. Uh, what is old, according to him, this doctor? For men, it's seventy, seventy-one. For women, seventy-three, seventy-four. Hmm. That is, that is what is old. So, if you're beneath that, you don't have to call yourself old. I guess. <laughs>
0: So, state of mind, Jack.
4: Is it? I don't know. Knees would disagree. Ankles would disagree. (laughs) You're telling me. I just got a hip customization. Neck pain from sleeping a certain way would disagree. (laughs) Today's 65-year-old is like a 55-year-old of 45 years ago, according to the study. Mm. Also, old depends on the person you ask. Millennials who are in their 20s and 30s say old starts at 59. I would have had even a lower number, I think, when I was in my 20s. Uh, for what old is gen xers who are in their 40s now um and with a little more appreciation of how close they are to entering their 50s say 65 is the onset of old i think i might still go with that you can't call yourself not old when you're 65 can you
0: you're really trying to be an inspiration poster. <laughs> it,
4: you know, and, and, There's you nothing know, wh- wrong with saying I'm old, but I still do all these things. But let's right. not
0: pretend you're not
4: old at 65. What's the point of that?
0: Yeah, I don't. You know, it's funny. I just don't. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this. stuff. Boomers and the greatest
4: generation pegged 73 is the beginning of old. Yeah, you're really pushing it. So a 70 year old is not old. Okay. It depends on the perspective of who you ask they say. Um old is my current age plus 4.
0: is a popular uh-huh. answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow Three is old.
4: Of one of the reasons this was on my mind this came up this is one of the worst things that's ever happened to me in my life happened to me the other day. Um in terms of a blow to my uh, to my feelings I was at a Noah's bagel. I ordered a bag full of bagels for me and the family. The guy said that's 8.98 and with the senior discount that is 7.47. Oh! What? Ooh. And you thought Wait a savings. <laughs> what? No, I did not think savings. I thought the senior discount. Wha- how dare you, you young bucks, you. What? And I don't qualify, by the way, which me, I said, how old you got to be? And I'm, I'm a bit beneath that. So I just look like I'm old enough <laughs> to get the senior discount, which might even be worse than being old enough to get the senior discount. You know Neat. what I hear? Extra savings. <laughs> You'll be fortunate not to feel the business end of my cane, young man. <laughs> oh my god. Now that's the first time in my life I've qualified for a senior discount. Certainly the first time I've ever been given one without asking. Good freaking
0: God. Listen, I, I talked to the manager and well, yeah, you're a little young, but man, look at you. We're just all of us got together. We want to give you a discount. <laughs>
5: Then you turned to run away, and you pulled your back out as you did it.
4: Uh, yeah, well, I'll show you, and I throw out my knee. So, but uh, yeah, it was a disappointing moment in my life. I'll bet that's a common moment for a lot of people—the first time they get a senior discount, whether at, you know qualify for it or somebody gives it to them without asking. That's a well that's a moment. That's a moment. That are you old? Damn, not according to this study. I got until I'm seventy-two. I uh,
0: I was uh, standing around a golf shop there at the at the golf course, and there was a a tournament they are putting together for guys over 55 and under 55. And um, and I mentioned, yeah, I'm looking for a partner. And the guy says, well, uh, you're looking for uh, an under 55? I'm like, no! And this is, I'm in my 40s. I'm thinking, wow, I got to exercise. Get a, get a sun lamp
5: or something.
0: Come on. Uh, hilarious.
4: Yeah. Uh, but so back to the 60-minute uh, story about painkillers. People hooked on opioids all over the place. You're you're on some of those right now, right? I am. I am indeed. I am taking uh, Norco. I've never. I've taken that. Um, I got a giant bottle of it when I was going through cancer treatment, uh, but I took like two. I've never been on it for extended time. It's it's kind of scary, the idea of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was to me. I I am a man who enjoys a slightly relaxed state. I, I, whether it's after a couple of glasses of wine or, or what have you. You're so a man I who enjoys a slightly relaxed state. Gotcha. I, I, don't, I don't mind catching a buzz. There you go, in the in the parlance of youth, in the days
4: of my youth. You're not um, one of those people who say I kind of felt weird and tingly. I didn't like it. You're not that
0: person, right? I am not one of those guys who walks around talking about being high on life. I, I talk about being high on being high. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I gotta be I gotta be careful with this, uh, you know, because I've known a lot of good people, tough people, smart people. Who have had you know terrible things happen to them, car wrecks, that sort of thing, where they had terrible pain, they dealt with for a very long time. They ended up uh, addicted to opioids, sure. and it's a tragic story. It's terrible. It's the sort of suffering you shouldn't w- wish on anybody. <clears throat> and these are really good people. So I was a little bit uh, apprehensive about it My, uh, coming home because they they get you going on really good hospital drugs while you're there. Um, and then it's when you're at home that they give you these opioids to help manage the pain. And my uh, my dosage was two of them every four hours, if I wanted. Every four to six, which means four. Um, and so I was on that for a couple of days, but then I thought it was making me a little too loopy. And I was looking forward to getting back onto the show this morning, and I wanted to be at least semi-coherent. And so I started cutting back Friday afternoon. Loopy and
4: pleasurable or loopy not pleasurable? Because I, I, I never got any feeling of, like, I don't mind a buzz either, but I never had any loopily pleasurable from my painkillers.
0: You know what's funny, Jack, is I found myself wondering, is this what it feels like to be dumb? Because I... Can I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you what it feels like. Yeah, I'll give you a checklist. Oh. you let me know. Whoa! Well, uh, <clears throat> because I was having trouble ke- keeping my train of thought... For more than like a f- couple, two, three simple steps yeah I, I can't imagine enjoying that, and then toward the end of it, I would have to like ask judy my my angel, my darling, my sweet wife, I would say I- i'm sorry, we're trying to figure out when we 're going to the doctor, right and because we you know we talked about all right we're going to go to the doctor, and oh she's got this commitment, but that would work because of, like and by then i'd forget what we were talking about. And not like completely, but just like it would save time if you would just remind me instead of making me sit here and furrow my brow and think about it. I just couldn't keep, uh, you know, trains of thought together, which was disconcerting to me. Sure. I will tell you this, and the, the one thing about you know the situation I've been in. Anybody who's done it can relate to it. Everything changes every day. Your 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 energy changes every day. Your level of pain changes every day. Your your optimism, your pessimism, pessimism, blah blah. blah. Everything changes every day. So it's difficult to say what changed when. Uh, but when I was taking all those pills, man. I was at one with the universe. Everybody oh really? loved me. I oh loved really? everybody. You know, I also had a bunch of people, including my my beautiful wife, being incredibly sweet and helpful to me. And I was humbled, and they were so kind. So was it that, or was it the pills? I don't know. But I was feeling pretty good about my state in the universe. Was it the kindness of strangers or narcotics? Right. That's hilarious.
4: Marshall's News coming up next. Rudy Giuliani on the talk shows yesterday. You'll hear from him on the Armstrong and Getty Show i'll tell you what we've made some jokes about rudy giuliani and his aging um efforts to help his uh, client donald trump but I thought he was really a good defender of Trump yesterday on the talk shows. Now my guess is Marshall Phillips has chosen clips to make our man America's Mayor look bad. It's
0: the liberal medium.
4: But I thought Rudy was really good with uh, Stephanopoulos yesterday. Yep, and his um his his arguments that made a fair amount of sense to me. Anyway, let's get to
5: the news now. With Marshall Phillips, now well, President Trump's attorney Rudy Giuliani says he can bring forward twenty witnesses to defend hush money payments. On ABC's This Week, Giuliani said the payments made to two women ahead of the 2016 election were intended to protect then-candidate Trump's family and not to influence the outcome of the race. You have contemporaneous witnesses saying it was for the campaign. You have a statement of fact saying the president met, Donald Trump met with David Pecker. And, I, before, and I, can right produce,
3: I can produce an, an enormous number of witnesses that say the president was very concerned about how this was going to affect his children. His marriage, not just this one, but similar. All those women came forward at that point in time. That that uh, tape with Billy Bush and all of that—it's all part of the same thing. And I know what he was concerned about, and I can produce twenty witnesses to tell you what he was concerned. Two about. weeks before the campaign. You're damn right, and he was—he was concerned about all of it.
4: Uh, you know, all you got to do is, you know, make the argument. I think that, yeah, I didn't want my wife and kid to find right. out.
3: Um. Uh, he
4: did say at some point. Now, there was a payment to some uh, storm Stormy something is right. her
0: name. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> right? yeah. Well, uh, Rudy's a little past his porn view in prime, I guess. He just, he doesn't follow it. Listen, it, and, and, and what's, what's left out of this, and this is what bothers me about the media so much these days, is that they might report a story accurately. If they do, it's an accident, but it might happen. What they change, though, is at the end the how-much-does-it-matter meter. Because they've got to have you watching and listening. So everything, even if it's a two on the ten scale, is rated an eight. If it's a three, it's a ten plus. If this were proved to be premeditated by the numbers, meeting in darkened alleys, whispering in hushed tones with the worst of human beings, deliberate campaign finance violations. That's not that big a deal. No, no, it's not. I'm not in favor of it, but as has been pointed out many times, the Obama administration or the Obama campaign paid what one that was two hundred and eighty million dollars, and then or two hundred eighty thousand. Then there was one that was three hundred and something, and and this is maybe a hundred and a quarter. It's just it's not that big a deal. Right. Um, I-, I thought one interesting argument in terms
4: of uh, some of the stuff that. Supposedly is floating around there with Russia meetings and that sort of stuff from Cohen. And the argument has been, in the media at least, that Cohen was a very loyal subject to Donald Trump. And um, and so he's on the inside and he knows and he can be, you know, uh, Trump made him do all these things. And Giuliani's argument was, loyal, in what way was he loyal? He was taping his client. He was secretly taping his client. How loyal is that? Right. Which I thought was a decent point.
5: As uh, far as the payments go, I wanted to put this in. Giuliani was uh, talking about the uh, payoffs to the uh, two women. He went on to add.
3: But at that point, these are the only two that were asking for money. And the amount of money is consistent with harassment. Good not point truth. also. I have been involved in cases like this. When it's true and you have the kind of money that the president had, it's a million-dollar settlement. When it's not true, when it's a harassment settlement, and it's not true, you give them 130000 150000 They went away for so little money that it indicates their case was very, very weak. And look, Stormy Daniels now has to pay the president legal fees. That's right.
4: I thought that was a pretty interesting argument that, look, when you've got the goods, the numbers are much higher on these, as we've seen with Bill O'Reilly and others. You get some really big numbers,
0: especially with a guy who's a billionaire. At what point is it just extortion?
4: And Occasionally Uh, I'll
0: I'll have somebody bring it up, and they make a pretty compelling case, and I'll rub my chin, and everybody rubs their chin, and they just never come back to it. Uh, listen, I'm going to release information damaging to you unless you pay me money. That—that That's that's what extortion is. Yeah, that's what uh, Alan Dershowitz said last week. Well, Alan Dershowitz and I are both legal scholars. <laughs> of the highest caliber. He lectures at Harvard. I went to Princeton to pick up a pizza.
5: Most candidates are still deciding if they're going to run or not, but the 2020 presidential election, as you know, is already underway. The first Iowa poll for that election was released last night. Awesome. And it shows. We did the MoveOn.org straw poll last week. I want to see how this compares. All right. The poll shows former Vice President Joe Biden <laughs> is the top choice for Democrats, 32% support. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was
4: he uh, was second in the MoveOn.org poll, so he is up there at the top, clearly. Yep.
5: Next is Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, 19%. Combined and, age, 160. And Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke at
4: 11%. Those are the top three. Beto finished first in the MoveOn.org. Um so that's interesting they had the same three numbers both polls so clearly that is uh, for your, especially for your progressives that
0: is that's your top tier. Yep. Although uh, to me you know what percentage of Americans hear those results and things there's no point in doing that poll. 100%. It's just a
4: silly silly poll. Well as we pointed out the moveon.org poll had 30 names on it and the the biggest number the plurality number was uh, other. So, with 30 names on it, the biggest number was to choose someone other than the 30.
0: And that's going pretty deep (laughs) with 30 names. How'd old Michael Avenatti do? Remember, he was taken seriously (laughs) as a presidential candidate by NBC and uh, CNN only weeks ago, Jack. Elizabeth Warren gave a speech over the weekend and got uh, pretty into some
4: racial stuff. Well, you can. Uh, I'll tell you what that was all about. She's trying to get her bona fides back because that whole Indian thing didn't right. go. Didn't Banging go the word drum, is she? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And wow. Joe's on painkillers, everybody. That's right. The, the pill's yeah. yeah.
5: Pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson is denying a news report from Reuters. that says the company has known for years that its talcum powder contains ingredients that have small amounts of asbestos in them.
4: But what are you going to do? That's what they're, that's what they're responsible for.
5: Reuters saying on Friday, Johnson & Johnson's uh, raw talc and finishing powders tested positive for asbestos from 1971 to the early 2000s. The company is saying in a statement, the claim is a one-sided conspiracy theory, and their studies have shown its powder powder does not contain asbestos or cause cancer. Meanwhile, the company lost almost $40 million in stock value on Friday after that report was released.
0: Boy, I've been witness to a leap forward in American medical technology, having just gotten my hip customized and, and the recovery and the rest of it. For, for instance, they, uh, they, you know, they, I won't describe to you in detail how they do the surgery because if you're driving, you probably drive off the road and have a wreck and need surgery yourself. But they, there's obviously an incision. And it's enough that they get in there and they do, like, Home Depot-style renovations. It You need a little room to work when you're replacing somebody's hip. But anyway, so it's a pretty decent-sized uh, incision. My doc does the smallest one in the business because he's very gifted. But they put, they, they staple, I think I'm stapled together, huh. and then they put a dressing over it that they, like, seal on there, Ew. and then it just stays there for a week. I mean, it's not like hmm. changing out all sorts of the mm. achy gauze and and uh, w- my least favorite word, discharge. Ew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to hear hey. that. It's a terrible word, Jack. God, I'd uh, say uh, it's uh, a sickener. Uh, right? Uh, but uh, now they just they seal you up. They put that on. They like it's like that vacuum seal. Like you're trying to preserve pork chops. Uh, you know, they eat in the summertime, and it's amazing. They and they wait a week. Then I think they're just going to take it off but it's it's healing quite beautifully as far as I could tell and there's almost no well not almost no but very very little chance for infection I mean it's been a long time since I've been sliced open boy they got go they got it down these days that's
5: great news yeah oh, I'm Marshall I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the Nation put some of that Johnson and Johnson talc on it I think not that'll help
0: I think
4: not so they did this thing on Saturday night Live where uh Shea and Jost wrote each other inappropriate jokes to try to embarrass each other. Yeah. And uh, the clincher, the closer, the one that made me spit up through my nose. Oh, boy. We'll play for you coming up next. So
0: we will enjoy those, and then I will ruin it by taking it too seriously. (laughs) A specialty. Uh
4: A specialty. Taking uh taking humor very seriously Joe Getty licensed fun suck <laughs> um, and then we got to get into some more of the news of the day stuff that happened over the weekend we got the whole wall government shutdown thingy happening um, I'm more interested in what sort of an agreement they will come to will he get his wall money or not stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show
5: Armstrong and Getty
1: the conscience of the nation The
4: Armstrong and Getty Show. It's very important that we set this up. It's very important that we do not air this and then laugh without you understanding the premise here. So you got two people on Saturday Night Live. They do a little segment at a, at a news desk and tell jokes. And they said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give each other a Christmas present this year. We're going to write jokes for each other. Well, what they did was they wrote jokes for each other that would embarrass each other when they when they said them out loud. And so the black guy, Michael Che, wrote this joke for the white guy
5: to read. This is on cards. I want to switch it up a little. (laughs) Che didn't write this one. This is all me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear this. Last week was National Rosa Parks Day, or as we call it in my house, uppity bus passenger
4: day. You got to admit, that's a pretty edgy joke a pretty bus passenger day. Wow. And then Michael J acted horrified that Colin had said that. Which yeah. is a pretty funny bit.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, listen, I'm going to drag together a number of stories under a, a theme, which I will reveal in a moment or two. But uh, one of our beloved and alert listeners sent along a link to a story that uh, I think I saw early on in my recovery from my hip customization. Uh, I'm saying that instead of replacement, because hip replacement makes me sound old. I don't like it. <clears throat> so uh, there's this uh, freshman at DePaul University in Chicago who decided to run for alderman. It's the uh, same as city councilman. They got the the different districts in Chicago. And Chicago is uh, mobbed up uh, Democrat politics. It is uh, since I was a child I grew up in Chicago land and all the jokes about uh, you know vote early vote often and and the one day a year the the dead rise is not Halloween it's election day and just there are all sorts of them um, because it's so full of fraud. But this uh, freshman at DePaul University, David Krupa, decided to run for alderman. And he was running in the southwest side's 13th Ward, which is absolutely owned by a guy by the name of Michael Madigan, who's the most powerful Democrat in Illinois and one of the most powerful uh, politicians really in the history of the country. He runs Illinois. And the reason he gets away with that is like a lot of of large geographic states, Illinois is a huge sea of red counties With a couple of urban areas that are blue. But they have the population, so they run the entire state. Which probably sounds familiar to a lot of the folks we're talking to right now. So this guy went up against one of Madigan's hand-picked people in the 13th Ward. And he got... And the story updated on me. I hate hate when this happens. If I wanted an update, I'd ask for it. I, I, I like living in the past. But so, okay. So this guy... This young lad needed 473 valid signatures to get on the ballot. 473. He filed 729 signatures. Right? That's pretty impressive. Good for the young man. He must have really uh, busted his butt. But then... And I'm quoting now a piece from the Chicago Tribune, which is appropriately sarcastic. A crew of mysterious political workers, perhaps they were Buddhist monks or the gentle sun people known as the Eloy, or maybe Madigan precinct captains, filed 2,796 petitions for revocation of signature. That means almost 2,800 ward residents who said, yeah, I filed, I signed the, the, uh, the, the petition, but now I legally am taking action to take my signature off because I was defrauded or lied to or whatever. Jack, I know you weren't writing down the numbers. That's more than a 1,000 more than actually signed it. So this guy gets 1,700 signatures. 2,700 people come out of the woodwork and say, yeah, yeah, I signed and uh, I don't want to be on there no more. Right. More than actually signed it, which is astonishing overkill and either incredible stupidity or monumental hubris because everybody who wasn't under the pay of this Madigan mob boss is saying, Well, what are you doing? You had 3,000 people say, I'm one of the 1,500 who didn't or doesn't want to sign. That doesn't make any sense. And um, and thank goodness the the courts found their gavels and have weighed in and said no wait a minute this is this is Harry this is wrong this is not right at all it was an astonishing act of mob politics but I want to throw that together in the same stew with New Jersey trying to put gerrymandering into their constitution it was clever the way they did it. I won't bore you with the details, but the long and short of it was it would have ensured Democratic dominance for generations to come. You got a uh, a Republican in North Carolina got busted for various ballot malfeasance.
4: And he was doing the same thing that's legal in California now. R- right. Vote harvesting. Vote harvesting. It's still illegal there and probably should be illegal everywhere. Hmm. I still can't believe that the whole vote harvesting thing in California has not become a national story. And we need to discuss whether we think this is a good idea. They think it's abhorrent in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, vote harvesting is not only... All right, Larry Dignan. It's not only fertile ground for vote fraud, it's begging for it. Oh, sure, of course. I mean, it's going into a strip club and announcing you won the lottery, throwing around hundreds of dollars, and, and, and then saying, yeah, I'll gladly meet you in the darkened parking lot. I mean, you're just begging for bad things to happen. So the long and short of my message is there is rampant vote fraud. There are rampant hijinks going around going on. And any democrat who claims that uh, any attempt to uh, su- to get to the bottom of the so-called voter fraud is vote suppression, they're liars. They are lying liars. There are all sorts of tricks being played all the time. And we got to wake up to that. It's it's perverted California politics in an astounding way if you haven't followed this the vote harvesting where they the democrats flipped every seat in Orange County and part of it's because they were gathering up hundreds of thousands of votes, some in some cases after the deadline, uh, from people who hadn't voted and just went to their homes, filled out the ballot for them or forced them to or bribed them to or whatever, and, and these uh, mobbed-up uh, politicos show up say, yeah, I got all the votes, there's plenty here, it's as many as we need. And we just have to accept that now. I'm telling you, folks... Anybody who say who says the vote is clean and pristine and there's no reason nothing to see here folks is a liar. We need lots of new layers of scrutiny over the sanctity of the vote.
4: Pretty big ruling on Obamacare over the weekend. What does it mean? We'll talk to Craig the Obamacare lawyer who's been with us on this topic for years coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show. Flash compatibility.